Hello and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And this week, we talk about episodes five and six of season one of Castle Rock, Harvest, and Filter. Filter. But before we talk about that, we need to talk about other things. It seems weird to say, how was your week? But, you know, how how was your week? Um, I stayed at home and behaved responsibly. How was your week? Good. I stormed no castles. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had to release an episode the day after there was a coup attempt in the United States last week, and I was like, "Should I just hold off?" But I was like, "Nah, it's it's fine. People will either listen to it or they won't. They might right. need it or want it." Well, any any, I've decided now that there there aren't two rational sides to this conversation anymore, Mm-mm. and I've given up a long time ago trying to find what I can reason with the other side about. Yeah. Because there's nothing. Yeah. And uh, I saw an interesting uh, take today because I have had the thought, well, these people have lived in a silo where they believe things that are patently false. Right. What if I'm the one who believes things that are patently false? And there was a really good little bit of um, sort of how to check in with yourself. Uh-huh. Look around. To your right and to your left, are there Nazis around you? If you're, there are Nazis around you, you're on the wrong side. Yeah, I, I'm not at a point now where I can question anything that I'm doing. Um, I can question what I'm doing personally, but not politically or morally. Right. I am not hurting anybody. Right. I have my opinions. They're mostly endorsing the rights of other people to be whoever they are. Right. Um, and not claiming that a person's skin color is an existential threat. I don't believe that, or rather I believe that the politicians I see now who are trying to distance themselves from Trump are disingenuous in that he at no point ever hid what kind of monster he was. Yeah. He was racist and homophobic and... From the jump! From before. Um, Yes. There's a, somebody posted, um, or rather Facebook reposted a cartoon that I had put up five years ago. Yeah. And this was during the uh, the process of him getting the, the, the Republican nomination. Yes. Um, where it's two people staring at the television set and there's Satan on the TV screen. One says, well, yes, he's the devil and lord of the underworld, but he says what people want to hear. Yes. Which is what people were saying about yeah. Trump. So um, I think that even back then, yeah. Five years ago. Oh, yeah, we knew. We knew what he was up to. Yep. And so it's ridiculous at this point. But also, we are a group, we are people who listen to the words that come out of his mouth, can mm-hmm. look at each other and go, well, none of what he just said is true at all. Right. None of it's true. And even more so, more, none of it makes sense. He's literally well, babbling at you. Yes. At this point. And I remember point. even at that point five years ago, as I was looking at him, Remembering how much he looked like my mother with dementia. Yeah. Those weird shifty glances from side to side. And it's gotten you know, the, worse. He's only gotten yeah. worse. And so, no, I, I don't believe you, Mitch McConnell, that you've suddenly come to Jesus. I don't believe Yeah, I don't, I don't understand why Republicans don't seize on the opportunity mm-hmm. to impeach him, keep him from being a threat in 2024. Right. And get out from under his thumb. I don't. They could impeach either. him 
remove his social, uh, not social securities, his uh, security detail forever, along right. with the pension that he's owed, because fuck that, I don't really right. think he needs a million dollars of travel and $219,000 in, 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 you know, pension funds a year for the rest of his life. But separate and apart from that, keep him from running in 2024. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's raised a bunch of money to come at you from the right. But if you impeach and convict, you put him in a place where he could go to jail. And then he will also well, not be a concern for you going a forward. There's deal of gamesmanship on the part of the Republican Party or the Republicans. They don't seem to understand when they have someone in a corner because they just don't do anything. Yeah. It's overall their whole attack on on the democratic system. And I don't mean democracy uh, uh, like the Democratic Party. The democratic system. The system. Yes. The system the, that people's votes don't count. Yes. Um, was really mismanaged and poorly organized, and that's what has been well, their because downfall. they had literally no right proof. The, that's been their downfall since the beginning is the idea that I can say whatever I please and no one's going to call me on it. Right. I can lie as often as and I want And judges are like, yeah, no, right. that's not that's how this works. works. Right. Yeah. So I, it's it's incredibly disappointing what happened. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And the, the fact that what I'm glad about is that it also shows up a real race bias in the way that police oh, yeah. have done. Yes. Absolutely. And we're able to acknowledge that. Yeah, I don't like the comparison to BLM because there were real grievances that were being, that that they were using their First Amendment right to petition their government about. And these people don't have that. They had no plan. They had no grievance. The plan was to, some of them were going to break in to try to murder people. That's, yeah. And the least, the most benign people in that crowd were desecrating an institution that they claimed to believe in. They carried right. a Confederate flag into the halls of Congress for the Which first time disgusting. in yeah. history. Like, well, yelling USA. What are you doing? It makes doing? no sense. And this, this is not obviously the cream of the crop. No. Uh, in terms of anything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was it was disappointing. It was disgusting. Yeah. Um, and... And the sort of the people who've doubled down on this. Yep, and they're going to keep doubling down. There's uh, an FBI alert went out to uh, the entire country today because they believe that there are going to be armed protests, Mm -hmm. which that's no longer a protest; that's an attack. Right. At all fifty state capitals on the 16th. So everybody, be safe. Just. I, I don't even know because on one hand, I do agree that you can't just let them do what they want to do right. because this is what happens. They break into the Capitol. If if a group of Proud Boys and a group of anti-protest, you know, uh, mm-hmm. counter-protesters show up, the Proud Boys, by and large, will back down and not do anything because they are not... They're not solidified in their aims. Mm-hmm. They do not support each other. And they are very selfish and have no plan. And also, um, no, I'm not going to use any other words that I want to use because they're all demeaning to other groups of people. So I'm not going to do it. But so, so counter-protesting keeps them in place. But if they are showing up armed, I do not want people to go out well, and counter-protest. This is what I would think. I don't want people necessarily to go out there and get harmed because... 
as we've seen in uh, up north from where we are, the police will not protect you. They no. will let protest, counter-protesters... They side with them. They side with... The problem, fight it out. They're letting them fight it yeah. out. And and uh, it's strange that, you know, well, there's no sympathy for the police. My guess is that why. there may be a bit of a shift after mm-hmm. all of the videos of these people in D.C. Yeah. beating cops right. badly. I, I think, yeah, the... the so there may be a, a slight shift, but... Support for the cops is so... There were cops taking selfies with these right. people, I, so... I don't know, this is, yeah. <laughs> it's deeply fucked up, and yes. it's not fixed. It's not going to be fixed on the 20th. Um, It's not fixed now. It needs, yeah, more action needs to be taken. All of those people need to go to jail. Yeah. Uh, and I would say for 10 years, he just passed a law that if you desecrate right. well, let's national see treasures or whatever, everybody. then 10 years. And he did it to aim it at the Black Lives Matter protesters, but... Um, no, it's going to come... Well, it's weird that that's not how laws work. Yeah. So, it's not and also... People were killed, which you could add a felony murder charge onto any of and them. I hope they do. This this can't happen again. And if it does happen again, there needs to be much more serious consequences. If you want to have an armed fight with the police, then yeah, I don't know exactly what to tell what to tell them. I, yeah, I would really like the people who are our listeners, the people who, and I think we're on one side of the spectrum. Yeah, to be honest, after all this time. Although, frankly. I need. You can disagree with me about politics, but you right. can't disagree with me about how how Nazis are okay right. in some contexts. Like I'm not, I'm not going to entertain that. We're not doing that. No. Or that there are alternative well, facts. Said, that's also another not, thing that I'm not going to entertain. I, I don't. There's not another side for me. As no. I said, that that's all done with. I don't have. There's there's nothing that you can. We can say discuss to how me. how you know taxes should be right. levied and things but like that. But I'm not. We're not doing it when it comes to. You can't convince me that Black Lives Matter is not a serious cause. Yeah. Or worth. Or that a person. Or try and tell me that there are terrorists. A person taking a knee. At hearing the national anthem, the somehow that led to uh, an armed insurrection where you're invading the Capitol building and yeah. killing people. So, yeah, there's yeah. there's no other opinion to have on this. Wild, wild, wild. So, do you want to get into the show? Yes, let's get into the show. So, everybody, be safe and mm-hmm. fucking don't storm the castle. All right, Castle Rock. Well, this of show is so good. <laughs> uh, This second viewing, I saw it when it was originally broadcast, is I'm really impressed with the quality of the actors and performers, but also the writing is really, really good. Writing is good. I think it's about to, I think the last three episodes get a little derailed, but but we'll see when we get there. Sure. Um, First up, episode five, Mm -hmm. Harvest. We've got single title episodes this, this, uh, this time. Harvest. I don't really know what that refers to. We'll get to it. We start, first of all, let me talk about my notes real quick. Three pages of, on each episode, handwritten notes by yours truly, because the synopses online are garbage. Sure. So okay. <laughs> normally I rely on that, and I'm like, oh, right, I remember, and then I can go from there. No, garbage. So starting my own notes. Mm-hmm. 2016, 
Henry's having a cognitive test and uh, and getting an MRI. He's flirting to, with a cute nurse. He is. Or rather, she's flirting with him. He has to remember five words. White, boat, church, family, and dog. Okay. I wrote them all down because I, I thought I, it might I matter. I thought you remembered them. I was really impressed. No, I did not remember them. You passed the cognitive test. Uh, they don't see anything on his uh, MRIs. They think he might have tinnitus, mm-hmm. uh, which is a ringing in the ears that doesn't ever go away and is caused by... Question mark. Sometimes right. it's... Uh, it sustained um, loud noises that you're subjected to. Sometimes it just happens. Um, it co- and it, he says it's come and gone since he was a teenager. Y'all, sound is very important to this show. Yeah, we'll get back to it. Then we pew, 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 forward to 2018, 2018, which is our present time in the show. Uh, we hear about news, or we hear the news on the radio. Uh, they're talking about the massacre at Shawshank, mm-hmm. and then they're talking about the wildfires. So there's wildfires happening, so everything very is realistic. very hazy. The mm-hmm. light is very realistic, as we now know from living through two summers uh-huh. of terrible wildfires Including here. Including one without light. There was a day without the sun, the sun just effectively didn't, didn't shine. Shine, yeah, it didn't. It, it was very disconcerting. It felt like being. It's that Ray Bradbury story, or is it Isaac Asimov, where there's one day where the sun comes out and the. the oh, that's all. Uh, yeah, that's Bradbury. Bradbury, she gets clo- locked in a closet or something and can't. Yeah, which is see it or something. Just heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. God, Ray, come on, give the chick a break. And I thought that the newscaster might be Richard Schiff. You weren't sure, and I, I forgot to yeah. look it up. <laughs> so That's where we stand, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it sounded like Richard Schiff, y'all. Uh, and then we are at the uh, church. Uh-huh. Henry is at the church. Um, he thinks it's about his dad's uh, service. And you hear the pastor. He's like, um, there's a long wait for funerals right now because a lot of... People done did die recently, and um, and then we go down. And he's like, "That's not why I called." And they go downstairs, and Dad's casket is exploded. juicy. Exploded. It has exploded. It's exploding well, casket. The person inside. Yeah, but they call it exploding casket well, syndrome because the other or something. Just unpleasant. Yeah. So um, it's leaking fluids. It's very unfortunate. Yes. We don't see anything resolve with that. Like, I don't know if it's just like you have to buy a new casket now. I think that that there's bits and pieces in this miniseries that seem to just be like the the trial. Here's a weird gross thing. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, we're turning up the creep factor. Okay. And I don't know that they're going to go anywhere because I can't remember if the exploding casket means anything. Other than I don't exploded. think so because in the second episode here, he he gets put right. in he he gets interred. It just reinterred. reminds me of putting like a. I think it's just an expense. I don't know. It's weird. I'm a like, turnover that you haven't ventilated properly into a microwave. No, you gotta poke the gotta poke potato over. before you put it in the right, oven. Because if not, exploding casket. Uh, then we have a very brief scene of Teresa, the warden, and mm-hmm. Cusack at the 
um, at the prison, just getting reamed. Like yeah. she, it's just whoever it is on the board. Uh, it's a, just a man through the phone, basically like you're never coming back from the, from this, and yeah. we'll throw as many you know we'll throw you under. He literally says we're gonna throw you under the bus. Like if you don't get this solved, well, he was you can also go under the bus. Her, yeah. He said, "Well, we'll throw this the ki- the kid under the bus, but mm-hmm. if you don't fix this, you're also see there's plenty of room under there." How she's supposed to fix this? I don't know that there's fixing it. Yeah, it's kind of like you know when you're part of the party that gets people to storm the, the Capitol building. You know, there's not really a fix. You can try, and you look stupid doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, then we see Henry installing um, a system to keep an eye on his mom. Uh-huh. So it tells you when the door is open and closed. So it it's got motion sensors on the doors, uh, probably on the windows, uh, and it speaks. And it's got there are several cameras so that you can see um, from an app on your phone. Uh, and Henry later talks to Alan and says, we can both put the app on the phone. And Alan looks at him like he's a crazy person because, first of all, Alan's in his, like, 70s and is yeah. not putting an app on his phone. That is not a thing that's going to happen. That shit flips open. Like, there's no way. Uh, and then we go and we see... The kid, Bill Skarsgård, watching a, a, a UN parole video. I don't believe he's paroled. I think that they just have to let him the f- right, go. They, they do. Like, I don't understand. But he has to watch the video that everybody else has to watch. And it's like, how to reacclimate to your life. And I'm like, mm, I don't think this is going to work. No. Uh, and then they just let him out in sweatpants and with nothing because he doesn't have anything. And Henry's there to pick him up. Uh, Henry reaches out to shake his hand. It doesn't go well. They do touch, I think. Which might be a bad idea, yeah, given what don't just happened him. to the other guy. Maybe don't touch him. Uh, then we have a flashback uh-huh. to when the kid was in the in the uh, cage, and Terry O'Quinn, uh, Dale Lacey, uh-huh. Dale Lacey. It's all one word. Uh, is talking about him, and I don't know if he's quoting scripture, but he sounds like he's quoting scripture. And he says that for six nights in a row, or he he was he heard the voice of God in his sleep for six nights in a row, and then um, he talks he's talking to the kid, and he says, "When I when I put you in here, I was on fire with the Holy Spirit, and you looked small next to my face." And then he goes up and he like touches the kid like on the face mm-hmm. and on the arm, and he it, he seems like he's not quite sure this much time later, which we still don't know how much time has passed. We find out before the end of the episode. But right. first of all, the kid doesn't look small next to anything. The kid is a giant right. giant person. <laughs> and it, but it makes you wonder. It, it makes you wonder, and it makes his character more compelling to know that he's experienced doubts over this period of time that he's doing the right thing. Right. Of course, the fact that and the kid And yet didn't, never right. changed course. Right. Well, the fact the kid did not age in all this time probably is convincing. Probably did, yes. Uh, and then we have a face-no-face. Face. The kid is also taking cognitive tests. So he's looking at these sort of ink-blotty things, uh-huh. and he's saying is there a fa- whether there's a face or not a face in the ink blot. 
and then he also gets the five word test, and okay. his five words are family. I wrote family face red velvet church, and I don't know if face is really one of them <laughs> because I have face no face or anything. Red there, velvet, so. red velvet church family and face. Those are the words that I have written down. All right. Okay. Uh, it just seems like red velvet. Well, family was in both of them. Mm-hmm. There's a color in both of them. There's a place in both of them. Ch- or churches in both of them, excuse right. me. Uh, and then dog and boat are replaced by velvet and face. Huh. Then they go to Molly's weird warehouse where she has a bed and they're going to let him crash there because uh, he tries to leave him at the ho- Henry tries to leave him at the hospital. They're like, well, we're not an inpatient facility. We're not going to take him. I'll make some calls to Juniper Hill. So this is Juniper Hill. Yeah. Is... Has a long and storied history in okay. Stephen King the, Stephen, the Stephen King universe. So let me pull up Juniper Hill real quick. It's an asylum. Never a good sign. Patients. Henry Bowers, Nettie Cobb, Raymond Joubert, Charlie Pickering, Emily Sidley, John Koontz. Appearances. It. Insomnia. Beautiful Things. Gerald's Game. The Sun Dog. The Tommy Knockers. Bag of Bones. 11-22-63. Suffer the Little Children. The Dark Half. And the Casserole TV Series. So basically, if you need an asylum in Maine... It's Juniper Hill. It's probably based on a real place. It's better not to do any deep dives into real asylums. It's better not to. Like Waverly Hills. Uh, And, oh, that's funny. Then we go over to Ruth's house. I have at Sissy's house because it's Sissy's basic. But then Molly's character in Rose Red's name was sister right. or sissy and i'm like oh i have to like spe- specify who i'm talking about because we have too many former players in this yes, thing so at ruth's house um she's looking out the window and she says he's got a fever you're gonna kill him out there to alan and alan tries to calm her down because there's nobody out there Like, she's clearly talking to somebody else at a different time. Uh, And she says, something terrible is going to happen. She's right. (laughs) So, the kids wandering, uh, just walking around at night, and we hear animal crackers. It's Shirley Temple, right? Yes, it's Shirley Temple's. So we see, hear her singing um, Animal Crackers, and he goes up to this house where there's a birthday party going on, and he goes into this house, a birthday party for Gordy, a child named Gordy, which is a, yeah, yeah, a Stephen a, King type name. Stephen King ass name, right? And he goes in, and then the party goes real, real dark. They all start fighting with each other, and then you see the kid up on their roof and you just hear the last thing you hear is just the baby screaming and everybody else is quiet. I'm pretty sure 
They all killed each other, except the baby. Maybe the baby, too. It's, maybe the baby uh, killed them all. Maybe the baby did. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it was the baby. Um, we get a another little news clip where they say they don't know uh, how the fire started, the wildfire that's burning started. We also, as uh, Henry was picking up the kid from prison, there's mentioned that there's a bunch of prisoners getting onto a bus and they're going to go fight this fire. Because just like in California, I guess Maine also, quote-unquote, pays right. <laughs> prison laborers to uh, fight fire in the guise of rehabilitation. But really, it's just slavery. It's slavery. That's what that is. That's slavery, y'all. Then we get Alan flashing back to giving Ruth this chess set. It becomes more and more important in the next two episodes. I don't know that I could play chess with this chess set because the pieces are enormous, giant. Yes, they're so big. It's like and a Duplo chess for a person set. Who's having physical? That's true. I guess issues. that's true. You don't you don't need some such good gripping ability to play with them. And I guess they are modeled after a very famous chess set. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. He mentions that. Yeah. Uh, and then we go, and <laughs> it's the next morning, and Jackie Torrance, Jane Levy's character, uh, is going to Molly's. She's got coffee and donuts. I don't believe she's been informed that the kid is there. She, no, she doesn't. She, she goes upstairs and she's looking around. And uh, and then the kid reappears naked. You just see his ass. I presume all of it. He's just, I don't presume. He's just naked. And mm. then we cut away. And we're like, what the fuck's going to happen here? Because he walks up behind her just yes. naked. Naked in silence. I wrote nude, N-E-W-D. <laughs> um, Alan's getting gussied up. They're going to name a bridge after him, the uh-huh. Pangborn Bridge. Um, and then we're at the naming ceremony, and Ruth is there, and uh, Henry is there, and a dog that is barking is there. It's a Rottweiler, and it's barking and barking and barking, and something about its barking causes Ruth to go uh, j- jump off of the bridge. <laughs> she is standing on a pillar. And then they see her that she's standing on a pillar and Henry runs after her and she just, just goes jumps. right over. And then without t- to missing a beat, Henry bloop, jumps right over after her. I was like, you can't, I can't imagine continuing to blame this, ch- this person for death when he didn't stop for even a millisecond before jumping off of a bridge to get his mom. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So then we go back to the warehouse, Molly's warehouse, and Molly is arriving, and she comes in, and she's looking around, and there's nobody there, and she sees that the kid has built, like, a like a cage out of pallets, uh-huh. um, and then has torn up paper or something inside of there. It's unclear what that is. She puts one in her mouth. It looks like just torn up pieces of paper. She puts one in her mouth and then spits it out. And I'm like, well, why did you well, that do was that? <laughs> like, uh, and then we cut to, and we're just like, oh God, did he kill Jackie? No, he didn't. We cut to Jackie getting 
stoned in our car and offering some to the kid who's sitting in the passenger seat just I guess he's listening to her, but she's just... She's kind of rattling on and explaining the origin of her name. I yes. wondered, even the first time I saw this, if she took advantage of him, so to speak. Oh, I don't think so. Because it's I like there's so, so many weird... Like the scene between our two main characters. Yeah. Where there's just these weird, unsaid kind of things where they wake up in the same bed and kind of walk on with their business and nothing Yeah, else. no, I don't... I, I kind of... <laughs> I don't... I could see her doing it. Her character is just I don't strange think she would. I think she'd just be like, oh, shit, I didn't mean to be here when right. you... like, And just would not stop talking and apologizing her way out while he said literally nothing. Yeah. And then her just leaving and just being like, um, hey, you want to go for a ride somewhere once he actually put some clothes on? I don't think that... It just seemed really weird. Like, like so. they're chummy afterwards. This is the kind of pillow talk he's talking about. No, I think she just... Well, I mean, we can disagree. I'm just saying Talks. it seems very weird, and I thought that would be funny. I am going to say that I do not think that that, sexual, yeah. that, that that being is sexual. It could be if it's fucking someone up. I think that that character is capable of doing anything um, as long as it's a danger to somebody else. But mm, we can, yeah. Disagree. Disagree on that. Um, so then we also hear, we're hearing on the radio... That the fires killed five people uh-huh. after a helicopter crashed into it or something. So that's defeats the purpose of the helicopter, yeah. but yeah. And then we go over to the hospital, uh, where Alan and Henry are talking. Henry's wearing uh, scrubs because his clothes are wet uh-huh. because he jumped in a river after his mom. Well, he's really used to the hospital at this point, too. <laughs> we also presume that um, she's okay uh-huh. at this point because they're in the hospital. Uh, and Alan is telling her, or telling Henry that, um, you know, I tried to, you know, I, I proposed in 1991 and uh, she turned him down. Uh, and then he went out, he left town for, he went down south for a while, married uh-huh. somebody, went downtown or down south for a while, came back fairly recently after retiring, uh, and went back up to see, the, back up to the house to see Ruth when gunshots were reported at the house. He wasn't the sheriff anymore, but people still knew his number and would call right. him. Uh, and, he doesn't say what happened that day other than to say that um, she said, you know, just stay here or whatever. Like, don't go, don't go. But we don't know why gun was gunfire happened. We then we never find out. Uh, and then. Do, do, do. Oh, and then uh, Henry goes in to talk to Ruth and she says it was the dog, that damn dog. Nothing stays dead in this town. And then she looks at Henry and says, well, you know how it feels to forget your own story, which is right. a very poignant thing to say to somebody. And it's true. Uh, and then we cut back to where Jackie and the kid are, only Jackie's by herself and the kid's up on the roof again. This motherfucker likes he, he likes perching up there. high up. Uh, and he says he shouldn't be here. He should be in the hole. Jackie has called Molly and is like, uh, he's up on the roof and I think he's going to jump. And so Molly's there 
And he's say and he's saying to Molly, I shouldn't be here, I should be in the hole. And Molly starts hearing some bits of uh Warden Lacey talking to him. Uh-huh. Uh it's unclear exactly which pieces whenever there's her hearing a thing, it's hard for me to yeah. understand what the pieces that she's putting together are. Uh and then we see Henry on the phone to his ex. Uh, wife to see if we can get Wendell to come visit because he's worried that his mom's not going to remember if he doesn't come soon and he would like him Wendell to have some time with his grandmother before she's not herself anymore and they can't interact um, and then he goes to Molly who I guess they're all back at the warehouse at this point. And Molly says, I gave him an ox. No, no, no. They're at Ruth's house. She brings, she brings him in the car to um, Ruth's house. And Ruth is still in the hospital. And Henry is there. And she's, Molly comes in and says, I gave him an oxy. And he's knocked out in the car. And then she says, he feels wrong. He feels like, like, when I'm near him, I can feel all the pain of all the people in this town all at once. Right. And then, even though they've had a few conversations about what Molly experiences, especially around Henry, he still is, you know, skeptical. skeptical. And it, so she yeah. basically breaks down everything he's feeling right then. Your ear is ringing, your head hurts, you think this, this, this like breaks it all down. And he's like, um, you gotta fucking go and at that point the kids come in and so henry's like well just stay here tonight there's nobody else here anyways right like his mom's not going to be home so uh just stay um so he takes him down to like an out building that they have it's not it's like i guess it's a garage but it's also like a workspace and there's a loft with a bed and a bunch of stuff and he says his dad used to spend a lot of time out there. So and there was a pullout. Right? Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Kind of. Uh, and there's a piano out there. And the kid starts playing the piano. And he says, I remember. And he's playing the piano. Uh, and then we go back to Alan, who's at the bridge at night. And he is unscrewing the Pangborn bridge plaque off of the <laughs> its newly, you know, placed area of honor and uh he chucks it into the river so litter bug uh and then his app on his i guess he did put the app on the phone and it pings and it shows the kid at roost looking up at the one of the cameras that's outside yeah because the kid wanders that's what the kid does it turns out and then alan goes and finds the kid in the woods and he's like, you see a lot of stuff. Uh, but I don't think I'll ever forget the guy with the devil in his Lincoln. He says, um, 27 years ago. I, I, so what had happened, what had happened was he pulled over Lacey with the kid in his trunk. And, La- and Lacey was like, you gotta just let me do this. And Sheriff Pangborn was like, 
okay. Yeah. You let uh, and just let him take a kid in so, his trunk. Right. And now Alan's like, I'm an old man and you haven't aged a goddamn day. Right. He says, are you the devil? And the kid says, no. And then he says, I can help her. And then he says, you have no idea what's happening here, do you? And no. No, we don't know what's happening, but we do know you were in a cage for 27 years and you weren't, you know, 27 years younger when you got into that cage because he's probably, how old is this, is he? Probably in his early 30s, maybe? Right. Oh, if that. If that. I think that... Um, I'm actually going to look at how old this is are. the same Pangborn that we've seen before, the sheriff, right? Yeah. He, he's met the devil. So yes, that's true. when you approach him with the idea of some sort of supernatural creature, he's probably more inclined than other people to believe that it's going on. Oh, yeah. Here he would have been 28. He was born in 1990. So he's 10 years younger than I am. He's 30 now. Right. <laughs> so when they were filming this, he was 28. So he didn't have 27 years to be in a cage. You know what I mean? Like right. he would have been a baby. Yeah. And that's not the case. But, yeah, as I said, though, I can put some more, I can uh, credit Pangborn, having given his previous experience, to say maybe he believes it because he's seen, you know, his story, as far as we know, it was a really bizarre story involving the other side and bad things. Yeah. So maybe just take a very, I have the devil in my trunk. Well, yeah, I had the devil in an antique shop. Yeah, right. So you do you. Oh, wow. Okay. There's a age thing that I think is cool, but we can't go into yet because it's a spoiler, so okay. shh, secret. Uh, so that is the end of... No, he announces that he's not the devil. Harvest. But he can help with... Ruth. Ruth, okay. He can help Ruth. Um, and that is where we leave it. And you were like, he killed Alan, didn't he? And I was like, no, they were just having a conversation. Well... And we find out in the next episode he didn't kill Alan right then. Right, right then. Let me be real specific because I can't remember what we exactly what happened the to them. <laughs> but everybody's still alive. Everybody whose name we know is still alive at the as end of, of this episode. As of episode seven. Yes. Well, yes. Well, at the, as of episode six. six we haven't gotten in, into episode seven yet. So. So then we go to episode six, which is called Filter. I know why this one's called Filter. Why do you think that one was called Harvest? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. Hmm. No, I had to think about it. So then we move to episode six, Filter. We start with the burial of Henry's father. The words that he decides to say when the priest asks if he wants to say anything is "bye, Dad." So, yeah, that's well, very touching and moving. And then I was like, "What's this music?" And you're like, "It's Westworld." And I'm like, "That's right." <laughs> so J.J. Abrams produced both of them. Maybe it's the same music, the same music director. Right. The the music stings, especially in this episode. Um, and I think the previous two episodes have very much sounded like the Westworld, like the theme right. song to the Westworld, or to Westworld, which is wild. Because uh, I was like, do I know this song? And you're like, it's Westworld. <laughs> it is. Uh, and then we go and we see the kid. The kid is watching home videos of Henry when he was a child because he's still in the shed at Ruth's place. 
there's an RV uh, that Henry sees at the burial with two people. Uh, when he no- when they notice him noticing them, they go ahead and bounce and drive away. They'll come back later, everybody. It's Chekhov's RV. Also, the reason that this show is called this episode is called Filter yes. <laughs> is in that RV. The title character is the RV. Yes. Uh, Alan says he's he's in. He's talking to a kid, and he says uh, something was sold in Syracuse. We we don't know what that thing is. And the kid's like, well, we need it, so go get it. I guess you're going to Syracuse or whatever. Uh, and then the kid's back at Ruth's listening to records. And then we're getting another cognitive test, and it's Ruth taking it this time. And we don't get the words. And I think it might be because she doesn't get the words. Right. Which I think was really interesting. Because I was like fixing to write down five words. And then they you don't. You were so ready. I was ready. I saw you. And. You're pinned in an ice pick grip. She And then we see Ruth saying, I just need a system. And she starts pocketing these chess pieces. These giant chess pieces. She's like spiriting them into her pockets. And you, that's a thing that happens this whole episode. That comes to fruition next week, yes. yes. Um, well, we'll hear part of why, and then we'll get... my. I think my favorite episode of the season is seven, is the mm-hmm. next episode we're going to watch. But And then uh, Wendell arrives on a bus, just like Dad, playing an AR game, um, augmented reality game on his phone. And he is played... By the same child who plays Mike in It. Yes. So, yay, another crossover like, actor. Kid? And, oh, he's part of the whole Ooh, congregation. Yes, yes. Uh, and then um, we're back, and Molly's on the phone in her warehouse, and we're seeing a lot of the diorama. It's the, the, while she's talking on the phone... Uh-huh. About uh, to a, a potential renter who has um, misgivings about Castle Rock and the fires and and are there evacuations and is it safe for kids and there are it's no good dairy. answers here. I know right? that's it. That's the answer. It's is not it safe any. Kids? It's not there. It's not more dangerous for kids uh, than adults here, yes. but it's However, not particularly that, 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 safe for that adults. Infant who killed his whole family during a birthday party. That's right. Stab, stab, stab. Yesterday. We never hear anything about that right. again. Or we haven't heard anything about that again. And she looks out the window and sees the bandage pastor again. Because um, he's haunting her. Because he haunting she him. killed him. Yes. Yeah. Then Henry is making lunch for Wendell and his mom. And uh, Ruth is looking out the window. She's also, she's, first she's staring into the refrigerator. For like a long time. And Henry keeps going, just sit down. It's turkey and bread. I got it. Like, I don't need help. And then she's looking out the window and she says, I could have swore we buried him in that suit. And then she's still pocketing chess pieces. Uh, And uh, Henry's like, oh, excuse me, I'll go deal with this or whatever. And he 
he takes the kid that afternoon to Juniper Hill. Mm-hmm. They get out of the car, and the fucking first thing that happens as he's handing her, him off to this nurse at the gate is a bird kamikazes into the ground. And I'm like, you don't think you, that's a bad sign? You, that doesn't happen to you? Not you, you, generally. Wait, you've never had a... Okay. No. Well, then never mind. Well. I'm not going to share any personal well, stories. Okay. Right. Pro- I literally wrote burb kamikazes. <laughs> so... Uh, Wendell is uh, asking Henry that night about um, sort of his history. He said, you were six when you were adopted, right? And Henry says, no, I was five. And he says, well, what were your real parents like? And and Henry says, uh, grandma and grandpa are, your real, are my real parents, which is the right answer. Yes. Now. Shows gratitude. Although... To call Grandpa Grandpa is odd because he died well before Wendell was born. Yeah. Like, I think if anybody referred to my paternal grandfather as Grandpa, I'd be like, he was dead before I was alive. I don't know that that's, he doesn't really get to be that, I don't think. But I don't know. Maybe other people have different things. But the other thing is Henry still doesn't remember, as far as we know, anything before the, uh, the disappearance. So he couldn't answer that question. He wouldn't have any recollection of any life before his parents. And clearly, he jumped off of a bridge with no hesitation. That's his mom, right? Yeah. And uh, Wendell asks why, especially because he was, you know, five and not a baby. And he's like, I don't know, but I know that I think they had a prior pregnancy with a stillbirth, and they didn't want to go through that again. That's as far as we get with her, right? Yeah. Uh, and then she he goes, so after he has that conversation with Wendell that night, he goes to his mom's room, Henry does, and asks, what did Dad and I used to do in the woods? And did he ever talk about a sound? And she's right. like reading a book, and she's like, why would I know that? You Go ask him. So, so she's, yes, she's having a moment. Slipping, right? And then there's a memory of him and his dad telling him, you have to try really hard now. Like, you just have to try really hard. We don't. That's it. And then Henry goes the next day to see Molly. Jackie's in the front setting up the rental sign. And uh, so he goes up to talk to her. And uh, they have a really shitty conversation. (laughs) Where Molly's like, you hated your father. I was there in the woods that night. And she's like, he's like, what do you mean? And he goes, well, she's like, well, where you are, I am. Like, I, I right. knew what was but happening. I could hear like what was a, happening. A psychic uh, lojack. Yes. And I felt you. And you were super afraid. And then you were relieved. And he says, you, she says, you wanted him dead. And he's like, these are heinous things that you're fucking saying to me. What are you talking about? And then he's like, that, she says, that's why I went to your parents' room. I tried to tell myself it was a dream, but it wasn't a dream. I went there, and I pulled, like, she tells him what she did. I pulled the tube out of his throat. Right. And she... Murdered. And it was just like it was your hand that was doing it, which is... And, she, and he, at that point, is like, you're fucking crazy. And he yeah. bounces, which is 
the appropriate response, really. Yeah, yeah, because he, she literally looks She's at him and says, him for murder. "I murdered your father, right. but you murdered your father through right. me." We did it together. It was a group thing. Here's here's the thing about that, though. Right. Her thing is one way. He didn't do shit through her because she. He doesn't. It's one way. He doesn't yeah. go into her. She goes into him. Like it's. It doesn't. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, but you're fucking crazy is the appropriate response, I think. If somebody says, "Hey, I killed your dad for you," because you definitely it wanted actually it. Actually, answers or rather doesn't answer his questions. He's been followed by this his entire life. Yes, and has been blamed for it his entire life, and, and now she's literally saying, "You didn't do it, but also you did it." <laughs> like, right? It's a no-win situation for Henry. Like, yeah. And there's nothing you can say to that. And then we just see a quick glimpse of Alan at a junkyard. Hold uh-huh. that thought. We'll be back in a minute. Then Wendell and Ruth are playing chess. Uh, and Ruth sort of breaks down her system. She says, we've been here before. She says, time is like one of those people movers at the airport. It just goes in one direction. Right. But she got off of it. And now she's kind of this lost. This is a very in time. weird kind of Kurt Vonnegut yeah. Slaughterhouse Five getting unstuck in time yeah. and drifting around during different periods of your right. life. It's a really interesting description. Because he says, uh-huh. Where are the chess pieces? Where are the missing ones? Right. And she's like, They're like my breadcrumbs. So if I, when I see that there's a chess piece in the icebox, then I know I'm now and not then. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, it's really interesting. Right. And it, the fact that she has found her own way of being in charge of it yeah, is what I found really um, kind of touching. The fact that, okay, I realize something's wrong. It also feels like Inception. This is right. my totem, right? Like... Or, or speaking of, uh, what is the film of Guy Pierce? Oh, Memento. Right. I'm going to keep track of this in my yeah. own way. This yeah. is how I'm going to do it. Although it turns out that didn't work. So good no, spoiler alert so for a Oh, I should watch that movie again. I haven't seen it since it came out. I think we own it. I saw it in the theater and I haven't seen it since. Yeah, I saw it in the theater. <laughs> I can't remember who I saw it with. I think I saw it with Kim Toe and one of her friends. I saw it at the... Um, and it made no damn sense to us at the time. Uh, I listened to half of the Tenet Black Check today. Uh-huh. Um... Uh, up until I started getting into the nitty gritty, and then uh-huh. I was like, first of all, it's clear that nobody knows what the fuck that movie is, uh, time wise. Like, it's very right. confusing and whatnot. But David really loves it. He's seen it three times now. See, I remember watching Mulholland Drive. Ugh. And Sorry, I got it the I first can't. time. I absolutely got what the movie was about. And it's, it was odd listening to how many people didn't get the movie. I didn't not get you, it. No, no, I, I know. I mean, it. you're free not to like it. Yeah. But what I mean is, I didn't say that I especially liked it either. But it it uh, it reminds me. of I Kevin's, probably didn't quite get it either because that's Kevin how I feel at the end story. of every Kevin or David Lynch movie. Kevin Smith was complaining about how he didn't get it and how much he hated the movie until his wife explained it to him. Yeah, and she they're both watching the movie. She got it and he didn't. And so he was moving along. This I whole mean, I get thematically what and right. what his wife said. 
But there's still about 25 things in that movie that are like, what there, the there fuck, are why? That don't like Castle Rock. There are scenes that are, some of them really compelling that have And they don't no, go anywhere. And they don't, like, yeah. They just add to the overall creep factor for some, and I think that sometimes movies, you know, stories, even stuff that are right, has that. There's details that make no impact on the story, but they just keep Ex- screwing it up. Except I would say in Mulholland Drive, there, especially there, are things that impact the story uh-huh. and then just are like, well, we don't want to finish that. So we don't we're get just going to, yeah. And, and I don't like that. I'm like, you just, you didn't finish what you started, which I felt the same way about Twin Peaks. And I didn't uh-huh. want to go back and watch more Twin Peaks because I was like, I can't with David well, Lynch. I can't. I mean, we talked about that when we were doing Twin Peaks. The yeah. whole Scooby gang. Yeah. Those three teenagers who keep trying to solve the mystery, getting nowhere near it, and then just ruining people's lives. People yeah. died. People wound up in jail. And these three just keep screwing things up. And I really didn't care about their story at all. I cared about the, you know, um, I cared about the FBI agent. Yeah. I cared about the serial killer. I cared about this weird possession story, which was very creepy and really good. And then we keep getting distracted by, you know, who's trying yeah. to take over the mill. Yeah. And yeah. I just, yeah, yeah right. Uh, yeah. But I don't, I don't enjoy Mulholland Drive. I don't know that I've ever liked a David Lynch movie. I haven't watched very many of Elephant them. Elephant Man. I haven't seen it. Which is a great movie. Dune, actually, I enjoyed. I haven't seen Dune. a lot of people like it. I've seen parts uh-huh. of Dune. Uh, I saw parts of Dune in college, but I don't think I've watched it. Blue Velvet I liked. And I haven't seen Blue Velvet. Yeah. Because the experience I've had, the experiences I've had did not make me go, let me get another one of those. <laughs> yeah, I so. think his later work became more and more abstract. Yeah, I think that's I right. I mean, Lost Highway has a character turning uh, into another character. I've seen Mulholland Drive and Lost Highway, and I hate Mind you, both of in them. In both of those cases, Mulholland Drive and Lost Highway, some of the creepiest shit that's ever been put into a movie is put into... Yeah, but like... I'm going to give you your phone, and you're going to hear me call your house, and I'm going to answer the phone while I'm talking to you. That was creepy as hell. Yeah. And there are scenes in Lost Highway that are just... Incredibly, creepy. but it doesn't. It doesn't add up to anything. Get out of, that's <laughs> my problem. It doesn't add up it's to anything. Just, yeah. It's kind of nightmare logic. And yeah, it, it, I know. Uh, Which, if you like if, that, if that's what right. you know you're in for, maybe that's fine. Yeah, I didn't, and so I'm trying to. If you're trying to follow it a narrative, it's not going to work. It's a nightmare. Yeah, right. no. Yeah. So, so um, yes. So, Memento, Rock I should watch that. again, and <laughs> Tenet, I want to. I want right. to watch. I do want to see. So, back to this. Da, 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 da. Oh, Henry's like, fuck you, fuck you. And he goes away. And then we see, oh, da, 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 da. she's lost in time. That's what we were talking about. Then we have one of my favorite parts, actually, because I think it's neat. Uh-huh. Henry's got a camcorder of with a video in it of him when he was a kid right. walking with his dad. In the video, you see a young Henry walking through the woods, and his dad is the one recording, so he's got the camcorder behind. So now we have Henry holding a camcorder, following his, like, 11-year-old self through the woods. Right. And it's cool. Like, that's Well, the whole episode, going back earlier to Henry's mom, describing how she follows her own path. Yes. She's essentially leading herself around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
using Bread his chest pieces. Yeah, chest pe- and so this becomes an extension of that where he's following his younger self. Yeah. He's literally leaving a trail for himself yeah. to follow. It's 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 neat. And it looks like visually yeah. it's neat. It was really well represented. Um, because then you see the sign and it's, you know, twenty seven years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um it's gotta be twenty seven, right? Same as same as it, even though it's a different thing. They're gonna use that time period. Ninety-one to yeah, it is. It's twenty-seven years. We know something else that happened twenty-seven years ago. Shh, it's secret. Okay. I won't tell. Uh, and then we see Alan sneaking around a junkyard, like <laughs> he's at this junkyard. And then a dude on a little um, like golf cart is driving around the junkyard, and he hides in between two pile, you know, piles of cars. Uh-huh. And then comes out after the guy goes by. I'm like, why don't you just? Ask for what the fuck you're looking for. Well, there's a reason. But he's, um, what is the reason? Well, because the guy, as he confronts him later on, doesn't want to give him the car. Right, but he doesn't know that until then. Right. Because he's he's looking for the car. He's looking for the car. It turns out he's looking for Dale Lacey's Lincoln. That's what he's looking for. And he finds it, and it's already up on a, like a car mover Uh uh, thing. And he's like, I'm gonna, I, I need this car. My friend of mine died in this car. I need it. And the guy, and the the owner says, that's Fat Tony's, and he doesn't give a fuck about your friend or whatever. And he's like, okay, well, I'll give you two hundred for it. And he's like, it's not for sale. He said five hundred for it. The dude goes, it's not for sale. And so Alan pulls out a fucking very large revolver, right. <laughs> and it's like, I'm taking the fucking car. And that gets it done. And I, I don't, I, I assume he also pays for it. Well, he, he offers money before the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I assume he still pays for it because then he has to get a tow truck to come and carry, or, you know, and take it off. So some some agreement had to be right. made. Uh, and then, but we also are hearing the dude that he's talking to. His car radio is on, and we hear there are fourteen people dead at Juniper Hill, five orderlies and and. Uh, was it six or six orderlies and eight patients or something like that dead at a, because of a fire at Juniper Hill? They don't know how it started. I can tell you. Uh, and the then at that point, the dogs out. yeah, right. And then at that point, uh, that's when he pulls out the gun and is like, "The car's coming with me." And we go back to Ruth's house, and she's dropped her medicine on the ground, and she's in the living room and she's picking up the pills uh-huh. and the door opens and closes and we see the kid in his sweatpants take off his like flannel jacket and hang it in the hallway and then kick off his shoes and she's like kneeling on the ground looking up at him and that is the last we see of them in this episode or of her in this episode I should say then we go back to Henry and he's in the woods at night again uh, it's later. He's just missed that the teddy it was bears before. Pickup. Oh no! Uh, and he sees a campfire and he walks up on the campfire. And the kid, a kid, a kid, not the kid, a kid. Kids, is, there's so many. A young dude uh, whose name turns out to be Willie is sitting at the campfire. He's frightens um, and pulls out like a poker uh-huh. and holds it up towards Henry. And he's like, "Hey, hey, hey! I didn't." I'm, Right. I'm not doing anything. I'm not, you know. 
trying to freak you out or whatever. Um, and then Willie says, Willie's a kid that just helped Willie with the, the poker. Kid. Okay. Says, Willie frightens easily, which is a weird thing to say, except he is um, interpreting. Willie's for interpreting for this. The character. black man who yeah. is walking up towards the fire that we hadn't seen before, uh, who is signing. Turns out that that man is Odin Branch, which is a fantastic name. He is played by deaf actor C.J. Uh, Johnson, so he or Jones, C.J. Jones, I believe is his name. Uh, and so they got a real deaf person to play a deaf person. Good job, guys. Good job. And uh, Henry recognizes them from the cemetery. They are the two that drove off in the RV. And then there is a long exposition dump that is done via sign language and interpretation. Uh, although Odin does speak a little bit in this part. And... All right, so here, let me read what I have written. Okay. Because <laughs> I wrote a whole ass paragraph. Ooh, just a <laughs> uh, I was, they said, they say, I was surprised that you buried him at the, at the church, at that church and not out here because this was his church. And so Henry's like, did you know him? You, you knew, or you knew my father. And Odin says, I knew him well. We shared interests, specifically in acoustics. Uh, then they he's talking about this sound that is that you can hear in the woods that might be what the noise the is. tinnitus the mm-hmm. the noise is sometimes it's a ringing in the ears uh that they call let me see he the calls schisma. it the schisma because he's a man of science. He's got, like, double degrees in bio and uh, psychoacoustics. Now, I, I tried but, to look up what a schisma was, uh-huh. and I had the definition. Okay. But it means absolutely nothing to me. Henry's dad referred to it as the voice of God, uh-huh. at which point Henry's like, are you telling me that he came out here to listen to the voice of God? And Odin's like, yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Uh but it's the, not just the voice of God, it's the voice of the universe. He uh-huh. believes that it is the voice of, or the sound of the multiverse reconciling itself, basically, uh-huh. is what it comes down to. All the possible timelines and all the possible places reconciling itself. And that it's louder in certain places and quieter in other places. And in my, where it's louder, there might be thin spots which we don't actually talk about this episode. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I guess. Don't use the term timey-wimey, though. Um, I like the term timey-wimey. It just sounds like... I don't care if you don't. Yeah. I don't care. It, no. Can't, can't do it. Uh, he says, most people can't hear it. Some hear it once. Lucky, A lucky few hear it constantly, and it drives them to madness, which is not the definition, definition of, of lucky yeah. that I am used to. Uh, he says, sometimes it sounds like a ringing in the ears. Do you recognize that feeling? Uh, he said, it's been getting louder recently. Uh, he says it's been getting louder recently. Uh, and he says, your father created a device, um, but was, it died before he could build it. But Odin built it. 
and then they go inside the RV. And in the back of the RV is an antichoic chamber, is what he calls it. And it's basically just a room with all of this um, acoustic foam, which is what we have on our microphones, but thicker and pointer. It's the pointy kinds. Uh, and so they say that the thing ins that inside of this chamber, inside this RV, might be the only place on Earth where it's totally silent and all you could hear is the schisma. The schisma. Uh, and, you know, Henry's like, well, I, if my ringing is the schisma, then why would I go in there? And he's like, what you hear now is a rumor. Inside there is the truth, which is an interesting... Right, but I mean, line. Yeah, because so far, if the vo the sound of God is actually just a ringing in your ears, that's terrible. You're not getting right. You're not yeah. getting it, right? Yes, right. Uh, he says you're lost, and that's why I corrected myself, and why tonight Willie's going to get corrected. Yeah. And he's like, you intentionally, you intentionally deafened yourself, and he says, it's, didn't right. de I didn't deafen myself? I perfected myself, and then he. Pushes Henry in and closes the door, which is so fucked up. Uh, and then we get a lot of um, 2001 vibes. There's like, yeah. very much like the end of 2001 A Space Odyssey. There's like these weird, trippy visuals. Um, well, I guess Henry is acclimating to the silence right. or the not silence. If he can hear it, then it's not silent in there. It's probably louder than it's ever been for him. So he's experiencing not just the residue. The impression I got is sort of like when you stare at the sun and there's a, a glare in your eyes afterwards. Yeah. If you only got the glare and didn't get the sun. Yeah. There's a lot of things that look like oil slick and right. like, yeah, it, but it was very 2001. So I'm glad I've seen that movie. Thanks, podcast. You're great. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm really glad that you did, too. And then we flip back to Ruth's house, and the kid is on the stoop, and Alan drives back up, and he says, the Lincoln will be here tomorrow. The truck has to drive it up here. So, well, yeah, he struck some kind of deal to get the, the Lincoln up. And the kid says, there will be a monument to Warden Lacey and to everyone who put me in a cage. And Alan looks down and sees that the kid's hand has got blood on it. Right. It's not clear if he's bleeding. He's got, it's, there's blood on his hand. And the kid looks at Alan and says, why would you leave me in that trunk? And then Alan runs into the house to try and find Ruth. And that is where the episode ends. And the house seems to be in disarray. In disarray. It right. is, uh, in sh there are some shambles. And he runs in and we see that the house is in shambles, but we don't see any sign of Ruth. Just some blood and yeah. um, broken things. There was already broken things before, though. Yeah. We got to keep that in mind. Well, she was on the floor picking up. Right. A running theme of this show is yeah. houses that have been ransacked. Indeed. Ransacked. That is weird. So, that is um, weird. Yeah, I don't know if it's the anonymous ransacker, if it's a committed ransacker. There's no way of telling. Yep. Now, the next episode is episode seven. It's called The Queen, uh -huh. followed by episode eight, Past Perfect. Those are the next two episodes we will watch for next week's episode, or next week's, uh, yeah, episode of this show. 
Uh, and then there's only two more episodes after that, and then the season is over already. I'm Seems really fast. enjoying it. I am too. I think this is where it gets wild. Like, I think I, I recall that the next episode is maybe my favorite episode. Also, it's like sad. And then. Oh, why'd you tell me that? And then it, um, then it starts. I feel like sad, violent, and then too trippy in a row. I think that's how it goes. <laughs> well, this one does have the, uh, the 2001 vibe. Yes. That the whole thing is a whole new experience, and and we're just like, and and, and, and Henry is now great unknown, kidnapped in a soundproof chamber. Uh-huh. So if Molly doesn't find him, I don't know who else would. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I he could just poof out of existence, and. uh I don't think that he will, but he certainly could. These people seem not all together, together, uh, as they're going to stab a hot poker in, you know, the young man's ears, which is going to make him a terrible interpreter. So do they have someone else lined up or what's going on? (laughs) It's a bad idea. It's the world's worst cult. So next week... Episodes eight, seven, and eight. Seven and eight. In the meantime, well, do you have anything else? Did we did did we cover everything in this episode? I think you we covered everything about? that I wanted to talk about. It was your notes are much better than what we were doing before. We we're yeah. filling things in and going, oh wait, we forgot about this. Yeah, and it was a really good two episodes. You it know, was. I, I'm I'm really curious where this is going with the kid, um, and his ability to sort of make deals to and and. and there are scenes that worked out really well in this. this the entire confrontation in the woods, everything, yeah. from the moment that he follows his own breadcrumbs into the woods, yeah, and it has this kind of encounter, That everything on there was first rate. The dialogue, yeah. the direction, it was very... Yeah. That dude that plays Odin is, is really compelling. Really compelling. Yeah. Because he was a... Like I said, I wrote a page, like a half a page of notes of just... Him talking, and it wasn't him talking, it was Willie talking, uh-huh. but the, the two of them talking, and doing this exposition dump of basically theological right. reasoning for what his dad was doing with him, presumably out in the woods. Do you hear it now? Yeah. Right? Do you hear it now? Which is what the kid says to him, too, at the beginning, when the first thing that the kid says to Henry is, do you hear it? Or can you hear it now? Or whatever. It's exactly what his dad would say to him. Uh, and he still doesn't have any recollection of what this was. But he's got these this ringing that's not going away and doesn't seem to have any cause, organic cause. Uh, yeah, meanwhile, I don't know how... Is going to deal with Molly ever again. Maybe won't, maybe don't, maybe yeah, don't. Yeah, I don't know how that's, I think that relationship. I can't broken. believe she said that to him, first of all, in public. I'm like, Jackie's right there. She could definitely hear you guys, yeah, right? I imagine. Did you already, did you already tell that's her that you feel That's the kind of salacious, somebody? weird detail that she's going to get into, right. too. Because she is a gossip monger. Well, she wants to be a writer. Right. 
she wants to write and about that was this kind of thing. Too, the fact that she named herself after her uncle. Yes, that that when they're getting high in the truck, he, uh-huh. she says. Or when she's getting high. In the my truck name's Diane. Uh-huh. I named myself Jackie because after my uncle, which my who because my mom won't talk about it, what he right. like what happened. And her uncle, of course, was Jack Torrance, Jack Torrance uh, of of uh, of the shinning of the shinning fame. So. You know, and she wants to write about, she wants to write, like, true crime Uh stuff. And this town is full of true crime. That's the thing that's kind of crazy about her. She makes a really interesting point. She says, I wish I would have lived in the old days, which was, like, you know, the point before Balfagor, or whatever he actually is, got locked inside of this. And it's very funny because I know that a couple of weeks ago, we were. I was mentioning how I had seen a movie called I Trapped the Devil. Yeah. And how this was sort of lifted from Charles Beaumont's story, The Holly Man, about a, a, someone who locks the devil inside of a, a, a room. He's not the devil. Well, but what... Well, he it, said he wasn't the devil, also. Which is what the devil would do. But um, it has the same sort of feeling that when the devil was locked in this room, all sorts of bad things stopped happening. So she's lamenting right. the good old days right. when things were just shit and right. people were committing suicide. But and this look around this town. Right, but it coincides with when he got locked up. Is when the mass uh mass uh amount of, how can I put it? Let me try again. When he got uh, locked up We don't he, know that. But that seems to be what she suggested. That well that's what Lacey suggested uh-huh. was if I do this Things but that's also what better. Jackie is saying. I wish I'd lived here when all that was going on. It's become so quiet around here. And you can draw a correlation between the date that the kid has been locked in prison and the fact that the minute that he gets out, he's out spreading chaos everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And destruction. So, Although we don't know. We, that we don't know. Because but, yeah. the, the reality is, there. I mean, there's that comic, and there's, a, I think, a book called like Nothing Ever Happens Here. Uh-huh. Um, and it's a kid's book. And it's this kid lamenting how nothing ever happens on his street. And it's a picture book and of showing all this shit that's happening that the kid just either is blind to, you know, or this is the norm, so it's just normal. And it's deeply not normal. The suggestion seemed to be to me Yes, from reading that scene is that there was, there is a line of demarcation. I I understand that. And I'm saying... Without, I don't. I don't want to spoil shit. But like, okay, well, the, yeah, well, there's something other. Yes. Yes. Obviously, that. he hasn't. And that's why I mentioned Balfegor. You know. Yeah. The demon who brings discord to people and causes them. I am on the path of. It's what they're trying but, to you, to get you to but believe. That's actually the plot of the second season of Castle Rock. Yeah. Which I do remember more clearly because that was just a little while ago. Yeah. Where it very obviously is there's some sort of demonic being who's causing, you know, the, the yeah. whole Salem's Lot thing they're doing. Yes. But anyhow, we shouldn't be talking about that. Yes, no, we won't do that. Yes, okay, so I, I didn't know if you remembered no, what the, who I the don't. kid is. Because okay. a lot of media has passed. No, that's absolutely fine. Passed. So, okay, so I should have probably asked you. I mean, I you had said earlier uh-huh. you weren't, you didn't have a lot of memories right. of it. Um and it's coming back to me, but right. I remember one key thing that you don't remember. But I don't want to tell you what it is because I don't want to spoil right. it. So, right. well, uh, I don't think we find we it out until episodes. episode yeah. nine. Right. So, yeah. Um, or the end of episode eight, maybe. 
Uh, so I won't spoil it for you, and I won't spoil it for the listener. Um, and in the meantime, before we get to episodes seven and eight next week, uh, do you have anything you would like to recommend to so people to watch? I saw a film with you. Yeah, um, and the reason I wanted to see it is because I, uh, when I was a kid, there was um, kind of a, 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 how can I put it? There was a genre that got a lot of mileage. Uh, it pretty much followed uh, Jules Verne. Do you know what the extraordinary voyages are? No. That was. There's a sequence of 53 novels, I think, that Jules Verne wrote, starting with Five Weeks in a Balloon, and it includes Journey to the Center of the Earth and 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and stuff like that. And they were adventure stories, and they were scientifically-minded adventure stories. Okay. Um, and they were a lot of fun. I mean, it, to this day, people, they're classics, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Journey to the Center of the Earth, mm-hmm. Around the World in 80 Days. All of them are very specific. They're on times table, timetables. Uh, you're able to research the details for them. They were very accurate for their time. Um, but as a genre of film, it's not done that much anymore. The last of them was probably in the 80s where I saw a film specifically like this. Oh, yeah. And then we saw a film called The Aeronauts, uh, which yeah. is from 2019. It was not a financially successful film. It was distributed really poorly. I was like, I assumed it was a, a like an, an Amazon original. I yeah. didn't... It, it I never was, saw a trailer for it. I remember seeing a trailer for it some time ago. The film itself, though, was, like I said, it wasn't um, well distributed. It didn't find an audience. But it is a really fun adventure film. And we saw it a couple of nights ago. And for one thing, if you do watch it, it's available on Amazon Prime. I yeah, agree its with some box of the office was $3.8 which means it wasn't released wide. Right. Uh, that if you do get a chance to see it, watch it on the largest screen possible. Reviewers at the time were saying, I'm, you know, commenting, I've seen it on IMAX, and it was one of the more beautiful films I've ever seen. It, it was spectacular. Stunning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it's a very simple story, but it very much is like Vern. It really that, is a simple story. Yeah. I, I could see people being like, and then? <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the thing. We're accustomed to... We're accustomed to different kinds of stories that have all sorts of twists. And I've seen recent adaptations of Vern, for instance, or some of Poe's adventure stories or something that try to kink the characters a little bit more so that they can get something else out of it. But this is really straightforward. There's a scientist who's Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne. Who is trying to uh, explore the upper reaches of the atmosphere. And a aerialist slash... Entertainer. Yes. So, yes, he is a meteorologist, which isn't a thing yet. He's like the first meteorologist, and he believes that they will be able to, if they can get the right readings, they will be able to forecast weather. Right. Uh, They also want to take uh, a balloon higher than anybody else has, which is 23,000 feet. Uh Um, And then, yeah, he hires this pilot. Played by Felicity Huffman. Nope. No, Jones. Jones. <laughs> Felicity Jones. Uh, to take him in the balloon. Right. Up, 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 so far up. 
And they do. And it's like the whole movie takes place over. I mean, there's flashbacks and things. Uh, but it's like, it's a two-hour time period. And it's two people, for the most part. Yeah. There's other characters involved. Yeah. Um, just two people and really beautiful special effects. Gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous, and gorgeous. it's, you know, if, if we're looking behind me, I have a shelf full of films like this, Island on Top of the World and 20,000 Leagues and The Time Machine and this era of really beautiful-looking films that you know, that were works in themselves, works of art, but this movie is beautiful to look at. And it also is really, it really works up ahead of steam. There was a point where we stopped the movie so I could drink. Yes. <laughs> because So, yeah, and, and um, this is um, semi-biographical. Yeah, it's semi-factual. Semi-factual. It's based on actual people. James Glacier is real. Uh-huh. Amelia is not. Right, but she's based on several women, women uh, female pilots, rather. Sure, but he none of them are ones right. that he went up with, yes. and that broke or that that right. that that went on any kind of um, record-breaking runs. Yeah, yeah. There was a, when I was a kid, we had a book in our because he is boring. They couldn't right. make a movie around just James Glacier right. wanting to learn about weather. He had no. He had no foil. He, yeah, he, he had, had nothing. She was the drama in the movie. Well, yeah, she she has the she has the arc <laughs> in the movie. When so. I was a kid, um, there was a we had a book on the history of flight. We had several. It was part of a series for children, and one of them mentioned the early French uh, explorers who took hot air balloons off to new heights and things. And I was hoping they would dramatize the story about the balloon that falls into a farmer's field and the farmer wakes up in the morning and sees this enormous billowing object and thinks it's a monster and he stabs it with a repeatedly with a pitchfork and he thinks kills it but what he actually does is destroy the balloon so they can't use it again and it took me back to reading those kinds of stories about how incredibly brave these people were but yes it's well worth anybody's time it's really adventurous. It's a lot of fun. There are some nail-biting moments. And I actually really like the characters. It was really well drawn. And there's a good sense of period detail. One of the things I mentioned to you was I was really glad, having just come from you watching Bridgerton, right? Yeah. That all the scenes, the interiors, seem to actually be lit by candles. So dark. But that's how it would actually look as opposed yeah. to sort of flat overhead lighting that we get in, in period pieces. But yeah, it's a really enjoyable film. I, I I loved it. I would recommend it. Do you have anything? I don't have anything this week. I second your recommendation. I thought you were trying to avoid you. You brought it up a couple of times this week. Uh-huh. Uh, that movie, and I was like, I mean, I said I wanted to watch this movie several months ago, and I thought you were avoiding it because you were afraid of. <laughs> Well, I am afraid of heights. And, and then you were like, do you want to watch this? Do you want to watch it? And I was like, yeah. I was in the mood for it because I had just been reading, or rather, I'm, I'm at work, I'm a dispatcher, but uh, I usually have my phone going and I'm listening to podcasts or I have them on in the background and stuff. And I needed to get away from what I was hearing. Uh, so I began listening to An Antarctic Adventure by Jules Verne. Uh. And it put me in the mood for high adventure, as we used to call it. And uh, and this was it. This was really it. Really realized very well that kind of feeling, that it was both a adventure of exploration and it was you know the, an adventure that tests the mettle of these people, 
Man Against the Elements is not a plot device that you hear a lot these days, but this one was done really, really well. Yeah, no, it was good, and it's it's not very long. No, and it is very beautiful. Don't make this a two two uh, screen viewing experience. Put your yeah. phone away. Look yeah. at the screen because it is gorgeous. It is. Uh, and then I guess my big recommendation is if you got halfway through a season of a thing that you love and then you forgot about it, uh-huh. go back to it. Okay. <laughs> That's what I did. I stopped watching the last season of Outlander, like episode four, and then on Sunday I was like, oh, right, I like this show, I should watch it, and then I watched a bunch of episodes. I'm still not done with the season, but right, it was a nice thing where I was like, oh, right, I totally like this show. Well, it was funny, I was thinking about you and Outlander because I have a friend who's trying to convince me to watch Poldark. Oh, yeah, similar. And I remember seeing Poldark. An adaptation that was done. There's going to be less sex in Poldark because it's yeah. on PBS and not stars. Well, there was a... Probably also less when, rape. When I was a kid, Poldark was a BBC series that was on Masterpiece Theater? I don't know. Yes, and that's it what a, it's on now. Yeah, but it was the 70s <laughs> version with all sorts of actors I'd seen in Hammer films and things like that, which is, when I was a kid, I, I watched episodes of it because I thought it was going to be a horror thing because... Look, here's that same actor or actress in this film, and they're also in costume. And of course, nothing horrific happened, but it's a romp, and people get into fist fights all the time, and they're pirates, so it was fun to watch anyhow. Yar. And so, watching it now, uh, I'm going, oh God, this is the same story. And I mean, yeah. Yeah. Right? It is but it's based also, on a thing. Like, uh, Bridgerton has this very weird sense of period. Yeah. Where. I'm like, okay, yeah, I I don't know that... Bridgerton's also very much of its, it's time, but also fantasy. not of its time. It's, it's more of... Yeah, it's almost like watching a fantasy with the costumes also. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if I can... Uh, I can I can follow Poldark along for more than one season. Good luck. Yeah. All right. No I dinosaurs, no kung fu fans, no dancing girls. Well, maybe dancing girls. That's going to be it. Yeah. So, uh, if you have questions or comments or concerns, you could email us at latecomerspod at gmail.com. Or you could find us on Twitter at latecomerspod, as long as Twitter still exists, which might only be for another week or so. Also on Facebook, same thing. <laughs> Look for Latecomers Podcast in the search bar. I don't think we violated any no. terms of service, no, but they're really not. cracking down this week. So, you know, if we get booted, then we get booted. That's uh, that's their right, I guess. So, until next week, uh, watch The Queen, watch Path Perfect, we'll talk about it with you next week, and until then, I remind you to take your medicine, and we remind you, better, better late, late than, than never. never.